Well, hello, White Sox fans. How you guys doing tonight? Hope you guys are doing wonderfully. Um, got a nice weather cancellation of the World Series tonight, so we've got zero baseball, except for to talk about this glorious managerial search. Oh, what riveting stuff we've got going on here. My name is Ian Eskridge. This is another edition of White Sox Daily Live. I am joined by my co-host, the Danny Miller. How you doing, Danny? Uh, yeah, you know, it's about the same as usual. Uh, just waiting for some uh, significant news here out of the White Sox camp to, uh, you know, talk about and either stew upon or, uh, you know, celebrate. Hopefully celebrate, but... Uh, you know, just uh, kind of waiting patiently here, man. So, uh, how's things with you, bro? Oh, not too bad. You know, um, one thing that was cool this last weekend got a blast motion sensor. Um, for those of you who do not know what that is, um, it is used to read analytics. Uh, you know, swing on uh, baseball swings and so been goofing around with that with my kid it's been some fun um you know sounds like fun yeah see what see what we need to work on and um you know other nonsense you know uh trying to figure out swing planes and you know (laughs) trying to figure out where where he's off axis and all that stuff to uh get him moving in the right direction and Need more launch angle. Yeah, well, the launch angle hasn't been the problem. Um, But, uh, you know, it's the uh, consistency of the bat in the zone. That's been the the overarching, you know, readings that we've been getting is that his bat does not stay in the zone long enough. So we are working on that big time. So that's been interesting. Um, You know, other than that, not really – not really anything crazy, you know, worked some shows over the weekend and, uh, it went okay. And, um, yeah, so here we are. Um, I was lucky enough to watch a Phillies win in game one at the show I was doing. And then, uh, I was home for, uh, the other game, but didn't watch very much of it because they were out of it right, you know, right out of the gate. And yeah, it didn't take long, did it? Yeah. That was a pretty quick one. But you know, three straight doubles to open up the game, and like five pitches or four pitches or something. Yeah, it was a it was a rough start, man. Yeah, Zach Wheeler didn't look super hot, you know. But hey, whatever, you know, it happens. Um, hopefully, hopefully they can come back and take charge of it. But we'll see. You know how that goes. We, you know, as White Sox fans, we especially know how that goes. Yeah, <laughs> indeed, indeed, we do. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, really, the only thing going on, per se, is the White Sox managerial search. And some interesting things have happened in the last week. Uh, Joe Espada apparently completely ruled out as the manager, you know, the the prospect manager, you know, the I guess prospective managerial choice uh, eliminated himself somehow. Uh, I read on on the Twitter that somehow he shot himself in the foot. I don't know how true that is. I don't know what happened. Um, whether it be uh, something t- related to uh, to Dusty or not, you know, who knows? Hello, John Rudels. How are you? Hey, Rudels! 
I can't help but do it, man. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I found the uh, the report of Espada no longer being a candidate uh, a little strange. But, uh, you know, there's theories and, and rumors abound on why he is no longer a candidate. Uh, we don't really know if that's 100% true, but, I mean, all the signs are kind of pointing in that direction anyway. Yep. But, uh, you know, uh, of all those rumors and theories, it just, I find it odd that uh, it wasn't really reported that any of the teams that he interviewed with offered him a second interview. And you got to kind of wonder that maybe the guy's just a bad interviewer or, you know, possibly doesn't want to leave the Astros organization all that badly. You know, maybe the fact that uh, Dusty's only kind of, or only supposedly coming back one more season in Houston is enough to uh, sway him to stay there with uh, what looks like a championship team right now. Or you know, very close to one. Obviously, being in the, in the World Series, uh, that might play a part. I don't really know. Uh, we can only kind of speculate on what's going on. But uh, yeah, it, it was just kind of odd how quickly that whole thing kind of fizzled out. You know, there was a, a lot of smoke and then a lot of nothing. So it yeah, interesting to it'll be it'll be interesting to see uh, you know what the actual reasons are when they do eventually come out. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they actually will come out. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that could end up being something that they don't broadcast. Who knows? Um, but, I mean, you would think um, that, you know, if he's, you know, and I know it I know it happens a lot where a guy will interview for multiple jobs in several years and won't get anything. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of wondering if, in fact, he is a bad interview. I mean, it's entirely possible, but I mean, who knows? You know? Um, yeah, you know, it's just the reason that there was a lot of smoke around his name was because the guy kind of uh, he has a resume that uh, you know teams would seemingly be looking for in a, at least in a candidate that has not actually ever managed before. If you're going to bring a guy into a managerial position for the first time, it just seemed like his resume was, was kind of set up for that, you know, first time role as a manager. And, you know, like I said, none of, none of the teams that were, were interviewing him seemingly offered him a, a second interview. So, you know, who knows what it is? And like you said, maybe maybe it doesn't come out. Uh, I, I'm hoping it does so that we kind of get a more clear picture of what's going on. But, you know, it might not. Uh, the thing is, is uh, like I said, it seems now that that uh, ship has sailed. And, uh, you know, and not just for the White Sox, but for every other team that was looking for a managerial candidate. Because obviously now the White Sox are the only team without an assigned manager. So <laughs> unless unless Yay. you listen to Bob Nightingale and then they do have a manager, uh, because he said when Matt Quattraro got hired by the Royals, which is somebody that I know a ton of White Sox fans were hoping would at least get severe uh serious consideration. Um was hired by hired by the Royals. Um 
but he said the last coaching vacancy has been filled. So my I'm, does he know something that I don't see? Now that's kind of what I'm wondering. Is has somebody that, been hired and we have not been told? And we yet? just have not been told. I I've thought about that, and I mean it could be that it's just a normal Bob Nightingale. Yeah. Know, thing where he <laughs> screws up his tweets. However, I would not be surprised if they already had the manager picked and uh, just hadn't announced it yet because they do tend to wait until after the World Series. Um, I don't know if it's to, you know, I don't know if Jerry likes doing that to allow the uh, World Series to have its center stage or whatever, but, uh, you know, you'd think he'd wouldn't mind burying some of the decisions that he's made under other yeah, news. The stocks have been kind of, they, they've been known to have a, a little bit of a media blackout during the world series. Uh, so it's not anything that's out of the ordinary, but I mean, come on, man. Like how much are you taking away from, uh, you know, the big stage by announcing, Oh, we, we hired a coach. Yeah, not at all. Um, back Ozzie Actually, if you if you were to come out and say you were bringing back Ozzie and that might cause a little bit of a stir in the baseball world. It would. So, um, hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those, the, you know, to, to talk about the Ozzie Guillen thing, we haven't mm-hmm. talked about it a ton. Um, I don't think that it would necessarily be, you know, the, the worst move, per se. Um, no, they did that already. Yeah, I think that they uh, 100% did the, the worst move that they could possibly do already. Um, but, um, you know, there is obviously the insular part of it that, you know, it's just another White Sox guy that the White Sox would be hiring again. Um, and then there's also the thing, you know, where he's been talking about <laughs> – you know, analytics being stupid, you know, at least to a point. And um, that just doesn't seem like the way that most baseball teams have been moving. And I know that there's this whole uh, zig when everybody else is zagging, you know, zagging when everybody else is zigging or however however that, you know, phrase goes. Um, I don't know if this is necessarily the way that you probably want to do that. Um, but you know, I'm going to go with no, I mean, there's a reason that, uh, numbers are being used more and more. It's seemingly every day. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of what, what, what's the old saying? The proof is in the pudding. Well, teams that use analytics, uh, well tend to do better than teams that don't use analytics. Well, yeah. So, uh, yeah, if they were to kind of move in the direction away from that, I think now, you know, there's an, uh, a more long in the tooth part of the fan base that would quite enjoy, uh, a step away from analytics. Uh, unfortunately the results are, uh, the results are pretty damning if you do that. And, uh, you know, no matter how, what your feeling is on, you know, whether they're good or bad, there are actual results that you can look at and see uh, tangible numbers on, uh, you know, what analytics can do 
for a ball club. So, yeah. <coughs> Excuse the, me. Those same people. That, I'll leave that at that. I mean, the same people that you mentioned that would be happy about that hiring. Uh, we're probably hi- happy about the other hiring that also uh, well, didn't like analytics. So, um, you know, everybody's had a little bit of uh, a go at those people in the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, the results yeah, kind of some. Spoke there are some folks that have a, a longing for the uh, days of yore. Uh, and uh, it's, it, it just doesn't bode well in this uh, particular era of baseball. Yeah. Um, did you see that earlier today that it came out that the Yankees bench coach, Carlos Mendoza, was interviewed by the White Sox? I have seen this. Yeah. I, uh, I'm not sure how I feel about it, but I have seen this. Yeah, and it, apparently it happened about two weeks ago. Um, John Rudels brought that up in chat. I will mention that. Um, apparently he's not had a second interview, so I don't know how serious it is. Um, so I, you know, one interview, uh, I, do you get the feeling that the White Sox possibly could just be <laughs> throwing up smoke screens at this point, you know, just letting this stuff uh, leak out? That's exactly the feeling that I've had is that, uh, you know, we were told that there was going to be a, I guess what you would call a due process in in the, in the hiring of a manager. They were going to, you know, be lengthy in their search. And, you know, unfortunately it doesn't, we didn't get a ton of names come out there. You know, we got, Three or four, you know, solid managerial candidates named. And we got a couple of guys who were kind of on the bubble, maybe a little bit. And then one or two kind of iffy names that were tossed out there, not necessarily by the team, but by, you know, media personnel of guys that fit, uh, you know, what the team might be looking for. But in reality, we've only gotten reports of what, like four managers, five managers now? Or four guys interviewing, four or five? Somewhere I think there. it's more than that. I think uh, Ron Washington, Quattraro, uh, Pedro Griefel, um, Mendoza, Ozzy has had a couple of interviews. Um, I think there was a couple more that have interviewed as well that I'm blanking on. Oh, Kevin Long, which is another one that I want to bring up here. Did he actually get an interview? I thought he was just kind of being tossed around. Kevin Long? Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure he did get an interview. Um, I would have to look it up, but I'm almost positive that he did get a... Okay. All at right. least, you know, one, you know, online interview or whatever. Um, how would you feel about the White Sox hiring a hitting coach... As their next manager. I mean, I realize that the results have been good, um, but we don't have managerial experience. So, how would you feel? I mean, I I know a bunch of people are saying it's an outside, you know, you know, out of the out of the box thinking to hire 
a hitting coach as your manager. Um, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like that's uh, too far outside the box? I mean, well, I kind of look at it in a couple of different ways. One is, is, you know, obviously this team fell far short of expectations when it came to offense this past season. Uh, and there's been a dip in offense really kind of over the last two seasons with this team. Uh, you know, although really more progressive in 2022 than before. Uh, so, you know, you think maybe, oh, here's a guy who can come in and kind of instill uh, the right type of plate approach, maybe, you know, help some guys with, uh, you know, some confidence and, and getting their swings back together, all these things. But, you know, the other side of that coin is, is I'm looking for a guy who can manage a ball game, who can make the split second on-demand decisions that need to happen on a day-to-day basis throughout a 162-game season. And I'm not quite sure that a guy who's focused on, you know, what's happening at the plate more than anything else on the field is really the guy that can do that. Now, I don't really know much about Kevin Long other than the fact that, you know, he has obviously had some success uh, where he is. Again, we're talking about a guy who is uh, currently coaching a team that is in the World Series and uh, has put up some pretty big offensive numbers. So, you know, know how much of that is personnel? Uh, You know, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I'm kind of like, okay, I can see maybe some of the reasoning. But, you know, this is a White Sox team that finished in the bottom three in defense which was supposed to be maybe not a forte, but should, you know, looking at the at the players on paper, should be kind of be more solid than it has been. You know, we can talk about offense all we want, but offense was down across the league. The White Sox, unfortunately, fell pretty hard. Uh, that could have been just a cultural thing, you know, honestly. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I feel like I'm just looking. That leaves me wanting more, honestly. Kevin Long, don't get me wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he could be a great coach here, but I'm not feeling it. Yeah, I not yet. That it worry. How about this? I uh, I would be more worried about Kevin Long being hired than several of the other people that are still left. Uh, the Aussie thing, I don't think that I necessarily have an issue with his qualifications to manage a team, per se. Um, more my worry is is his mouth, you know? Uh, um, that has been a thing. <laughs> it's exactly. A thing. It's, it's been an issue in the past uh, in several places. <laughs> Um, it allowed him to walk from here and it allowed him to get fired at his other managerial job. Um, and you know, I don't know if you remember, but you know, it was mentioned on Twitter earlier today that, you know, that time that Ozzy was talking about players being coddled and Tim Anderson spoke up and said, Ozzy needs to shut up. 
and stop running his mouth so much, you know? Um, which to me, that seems like a, uh, oh, wow. Perfect. Um, seems to me that that's a recipe for discord in the locker room right off the bat again. You know, I mean, it just seems, yeah, it seems like a recipe for disaster. It really does. You know, and the thing is, is that it has, again, it, you know, it has nothing to do with my personal feelings on the man. I don't have, you know, I find him entertaining and I think that he's qualified for the job, but, you know, judging by what happened on his way out the first time, and then when he didn't went down to Florida and then got relieved of his duties down there, it just gives me <laughs> pause. And, you know, the fact that he hasn't been interviewed by anybody since then. Right. And hasn't even been in baseball since then. And, you know, like that might be because he's a uh, quote-unquote alpha dog and needs to be the guy in charge. Um, and doesn't want to be anybody's bench coach because he's made enough money he only wants to manage. But I don't know. That's one of those things that gives me pause just thinking that it could possibly be a, a negative thing, you know? Well, and, you know, I've seen that exact point being brought up on the socials, you know, in the Twitter sphere. Uh there are a lot of folks that want to say that, you know, it's possible that Ozzy's maybe grown beyond the issues of his uh, strong emotions, let's say. You know, when he, uh, you know, his mouth starts uh, getting him into places that uh, are difficult to get out of when his emotions take over. And I would say, yeah, maybe there's a possibility that some of that has gone away, but as White Sox fans who watch a lot of broadcasts throughout a season here, uh, we've seen those emotions come to life, and he's not even in the dugout. He's in the studio, you know, sitting across the way from Chuck Garfine, and the emotions come out, and, you know, some choice words get tossed around. And, you know, I just kind of wonder, like, you know, has he grown? I'm not saying he hasn't, but take that same guy who's in the studio, sitting across from Chuck Garfine saying the things that he's saying when he sees things on, you know, the field that he doesn't particularly like. And don't get me wrong. He makes a good point a lot of the time, but, yep. uh, you know, I don't know if that's the kind of fire that this team needs, because if you're getting that way in the studio, you can probably multiply that by a hundred on the field. Uh, it, it's, uh, I don't know. I, maybe I'm wrong, but there's something about that. It, his personality has kind of got that, like you said, alpha dog personality that I don't think is going to change much. And as he ages, I think he's going to be the type of guy that's like, hey, you know, this is who I am. It's who I've always been, and I'm not going to change. So either deal with it or don't, you know? Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, there is definitely some abrasiveness to how he carries himself, you know, which some people like, and, you know, and, and reporters love it. And, you know, the reportedly, you know, and, and from all accounts, the, most of the guys in 2005 liked that about him, that he was taking heat off of them. Um, but my worry is 
the the grudge holding that came into play on his way out. Yeah. You know, pushing for uh, Katze, you know, and just doing stuff that everybody knew was not in the best interest of the team. And um, I don't know, you know, it's just letting that bit of it go to to get to the point where I thought, you know, that, that I would think that hiring Ozzy is a good idea. That's going to, that's a, that's a tough one for me. And I, I can't imagine how tough it would be for say Kenny Williams. Right. <laughs> or Rick Hahn for that matter. And, you know, not that I particularly care one bit what, you know, whether Kenny Williams would like it or not. Um, but, you know, I'm just simply throwing it out there that, you know, if there's, if there, I mean, there have been problems in that front office between him and Kenny Williams before. And Rick Hahn was around all of it at the time. So, you know, I just question whether, you know, you're just essentially, you know, you're not throwing in a match, but you're pouring gasoline, you know, into a grill and it, it, you know, it might, the, the flame might not be going at the particular moment, but it's only a matter of time. Yeah. If something, (laughs) you know, if, if somebody wants to make some food, you know, eventually that igniter is going to get hit and something, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be some fire. Yeah. I, uh, I can't disagree. I cannot disagree with that. It's a pretty good analogy, actually. Uh, the blow up is bound to happen. <laughs> it really is, man. I, I mean, you know, if if anything in the in the world has taught us that history repeats itself, uh, I don't know. If that's the kind of history. Now, you could turn that around and say, well, you know, Ozzie Guillen did take the White Sox to their latest title in two thousand five. That would be great history that would repeat itself. Unfortunately, um, the fire that comes along with that might not be the best thing for this team. Yeah. I, you know, there was uh, rumors of people down in Florida not being super stoked that his kids were always around. And uh, there's been rumblings of the same thing here in Chicago with, you know, people not necessarily being too happy with how chatty they are especially and i mean with the way things have gotten with social media in the last say 10 years you know their online presence is pretty ever present if you go if you go on twitter you're going to see Gian baseball tweeting about you know you know responding to people somewhere saying something <laughs> that a lot of people generally kind of get their feathers ruffled, you know? Yeah, I will say Junior has uh, – he's, he's pretty tame. But, uh, you know, there are other brothers that uh, are not as tame. And, you know, the, the, you know, the, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree in some cases. I get that. 
I'm sure they're a fantastic family. They're just a little, they get a little hot around the collar uh, quite easily. It seems sometimes, uh, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but when you're in the spotlight, uh, and you're going to be part of an organization now that, or it, you know, if the hire were to become reality, uh, it would be part of an organization now that is, you know, on a contending bubble. Uh, that wasn't really the case when Ozzy was here last time. They kind of, you know, nobody was really looking at that White Sox club like a World Series contender. Nobody even, I don't, most experts didn't even have him picked to finish better than third in the division that season. So uh, this is a little bit of a different situation. Uh, and the cameras are going to be even more in your face right now, especially with the way the last manager kind of went out with a fizzle when, you know, he's a Hall of Famer baseball person and, you know, there were super high expectations and, you know, they just kind of faded. So, you know, Ozzy Guillen, if he were to be hired, comes in on the hot seat. You're immediately tossed into the fire there's bound there. It's just bound. It's going to happen quick. If it happens, it, it's it, there's bound to be an explosion rather early. Yeah. I, I just, I can't see it on way, any other way. I mean, it would be one thing if, you know, something only happened when something was really going on, you know, involving one of the Guillen's. But the thing is that that's not when you know they're just right. they're just online and they're ever present. They are ever present, you know. <laughs> uh, as Donuts says in the chat, uh, our very own Mark Orr says it is definitely a package deal with the Gians. And from everything I've seen, you know that it is very uh, it is a very family uh, oriented you know group of gentlemen and. Uh, it rubs a lot of people the wrong way, you know? So I don't know if that is indeed the choice that is being made and say a, uh, one Bob Nightingale does know something and that it actually was 100% <coughs> um, you know, that they're, that they've already hired him and they just haven't told anybody yet. Um, it's gonna be. It's gonna get real interesting. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I still have hope that that guy might be Ron Washington. I have been. You and I both have kind of talked about that a lot. We we are we're in agreement. We're thinking with the same mind. Uh, a guy who has been around championship baseball uh, quite a bit. You know, and even recently, as we see just last season, he was part of the Braves organization that uh, kind of, you know, didn't look like World Series favorites going into the playoffs, but really, really flourished in the postseason. Uh, a guy who's been lauded as possibly the best, you know, infield defensive coach. It, it may be in the history of the game of baseball, quite, quite possibly. Uh you know, I've been kind of beat up a little bit on that. People are like, yeah, I wouldn't mind him in the organization, but I don't want him as manager. Why? 
because he's 70 years old. Yeah, it's it's But his know. 70 is different than than TLR's 77 for a few reasons. One is that he is a defensive guru who has done all of that on his own. There was nobody, you know, there was no no man behind the curtain. Uh it was all him. You know, Tony the Russa had Dave Duncan pulling the strings on the pitching staff. Uh, the other thing is, is Ron Washington has never walked away from the game. He's been in the dugout this entire time. He was one out away from a World Series in Texas, if not for a, you know, one misplayed ball. You know, honestly, uh, I still think the guy has got what it takes. And he 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 commands respect from the players. I mean, we've got some we have video just of this past All-Star game, of him working with players on opposing teams and those guys absolutely eating it up and still showing him the respect and courtesy that that Ron Washington commands. It, I think he's an amazing guy, an amazing coach. You know, you can take his past indiscretions how you will, but uh, his work on the field is impeccable. Yeah, I think that there's definitely a difference, obviously, uh, between Ron Washington's 70 and TLR's 70. But I also think that there's a, a difference between the Ozzie Guillen and Ron Washington uh, bit of respect as well. I think people respect both of them, um, but I feel like people respect Ron Washington for his coaching ability. You know, I, I feel like, you know, his ability to make all of these guys better at what they do. Um, I think that, you know, people think that Ozzy was a, 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 pretty, a pretty decent manager for the most part. But I think that people gravitate, him, gravitate to him because of his personality, you know, and that he has been around for quite a bit of pretty cool stuff, you know, working with legends, you know, as a bench coach and as a third base coach and whatever. Um, I don't know. It's just two different, you know, two different situations, you know, and I, I, I would love to have Ron Washington. I just don't know if the White Sox would hire him. You know, just simply based on the fact that he is a uh, not a White Sox guy, and I know that they've been saying that they want to, you know, go away from it. But I will be absolutely <laughs> shocked if it's not somebody with White Sox ties. I will be your twenty twenty three White Sox no manager is AJ Przinsky with zero coaching experience. Yeah. He will be Robin Ventura 2.0. Yeah. Although I'm sure he'd probably show a little bit more excitement than Robin Ventura did on the bench. Yeah, and I think that he would Robin Ventura be... 30 years 30 years younger than than TLR. <laughs> he slept as much as TLR did in the dugout. <laughs> yeah, I kind of think that AJ's uh decision making would probably be a little bit more um more interesting per se, you know, than, uh, than Robin Ventura. It seemed like he was, 
not exactly on the cutting edge of things, you know, especially, you know, analytically, of course. And um, it just seemed like he was a step behind a lot. Um, I felt ah, like the, he, he was just behind. Thing, yeah. Well, it, you know, what got me about him was he just seemed so uninterested. Well, after time. as well. You know, it, it, it almost felt like he didn't even want to be there. Like, yeah, I'll take this job and some money and hundred percent Lou you know. Brown from major league. Yeah. And he's got, and he's you're, you're professional. So you don't need anything for me. I'm just going to throw a lineup together. You go out and do your thing and I'll be over here. Yeah. I'll be over here chilling. Yeah. You know, Kenny, I'd love to love to take that job. Yeah. Thanks, Jerry. I appreciate it. I appreciate the call, but you know, I got this guy with, you know, looking for white walls on the other line. I don't have to right. take that call, and I'll get back to you. Right. You know, <laughs> it's reported that they had to more or less convince him to be the manager of the team against his better judgment. Um, he should have known better. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, tarnished his uh, really great career here in Chicago. Uh, you know, he should have just left well enough alone. Yeah. The playing career that was not seen by some of the people from the younger generation, you know, that saw him only manage and didn't really see him play a whole lot. Um, you know, that are all soured on Robin Venture, and that's the only thing that they remember of him, you know? Uh, how are the White Sox most sold gear there third behind the Dodgers and Yankees? Yeah, they sell a lot of they sell a lot of a lot of gear. Uh, they have hip hop culture is yeah. uh, a big part of uh, of that reasoning. Yeah, they have it goes back to the, the rap of uniforms. the nineties. Yep. Yeah, really, that's what it is. It's it's the black and white nondescript. Well, uniforms. Uh, well, got, I shouldn't say it's not. It's got its flavor. It's nice. Yeah, the old English black and white is kind of one of those things. It's, it's it was big in hip hop culture in the nineties, and it's it's kind of just stuck there ever since. I mean, John Rules, you could say that, I suppose, uh, but not necessarily. I mean, it it was uh, when the White Sox went from those curly QC hats to the current uh, White Sox hats. It was huge in the hip-hop community at the time. And, uh, you know, no matter where you looked, you always saw a White Sox hat. Yeah, you were hard-pressed hard pressed to find a video. Well, this was back when MTV still played videos on MTV, yeah. when it was just nothing, you know, Probably at least fifty percent of their programming was just nothing but music videos all day long, and uh, you were hard pressed to find a, a, a hip hop video that didn't have at least one person wearing a White Sox hat or the black White Sox jersey with the giant black uh, white Old English uh, logo lettering there. So, yep, yeah, it was it was everywhere. Yep. It still is today. Yep, people still wearing it all the time. You still. You know, see all, a lot of the hip hop community, and yeah, Chance the Rapper, he is a champion of uh, White Sox gear, and he designed his own hats. And uh, you like the old hats better? Which old hats? Wonder which one Mr. Rudels is talking about here. But 
Yeah, I don't know, man. I we'll see what happens. Um, I'm concerned, but we'll see where this whole thing goes. Obviously, uh, the White Sox curly hat. You like the one? This boy curly QC, huh? It's uh it's a rarity to find. I, you know what? I shouldn't say it's a rarity, but I you would probably find less folks thrilled about that hat than than most of the other uniforms yeah. the White Sox have worn over the years. Uh, I'm not saying it's it's it's, it's not yeah, it's a C. It's it's a it's a Chicago thing. I get it. All right, but you know, you look me. at uh you look at the uh, the City Connect jerseys now which are selling uh you know again it's that black and white the old english uh lettering and you know that's it's kind of a big one uh and even now instead of having the socks logo on the hat they got that shy in old english is also pretty popular yep, yep. something about the old english that uh people seem to uh, kind of gravitate to yeah a little bit um i think the black and white is also a big deal i will say there was a very limited drop of black and white of the curly QC hats. And I looked for one, but they were already all sold out. And I would I would absolutely be fine with that coming back. Um I just you know, I'm not really a, a huge fan of the the red, white, and blue color scheme so much it's just not i i prefer black and white person yeah me too me too uh i do you know I, I like the old 83 uh you know block letter socks Fine. jersey or yeah. that like the hat i'm wearing now yeah but the curly qc that whole era of red white and blue just didn't really do much for me honestly and you know the 83 thing is you know the last 10 12 years here or so Almost feels like that's getting a little overdone now yeah, too. I, I really would like, you know, what I'd like to see a lot more of is those nineteen seventeen uh, throwback jerseys. You know, uh, the Field of Dreams jerseys. I like the uh, I like the Sox logo with the stars. You know, around it that, that was that one's a big one for me. Uh, you know, a lot of folks seem to like the powder blue from the seventies. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a huge fan. You know, but the powder blue and red. A lot of folks like that one. I mean, if you're going to roll some back, you know, maybe listen to the fan base a little bit. Yeah, no, they don't do that. I do like the 59s a lot. Um, I enjoyed the, I don't know, I think it was like one game or whatever that they wore the 59s. Does that sound right? I think it was like uh, one, one game that they wore them in like an, yeah. an anniversary a couple years back in uh, 19. Yeah. I think you are correct. I think you are. Yeah, I like think those. About the uh, the softball unis. Oh yeah. yeah, I don't think anybody's gonna be Awful. wearing shorts or uh, those big giant butterfly collars anytime soon. Oh, terrible! Yeah, absolutely horrendous. And certainly not Chris Sale. Not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that's pretty much about all that's going on right now um still waiting on the world series to get done so we can finally you know move along and get to free agency 
and see what's going to happen there, see what the White Sox are going to start doing as far as, uh, you know, one Richard Hahn saying that he likes the, you know, that he's going to look into the trade market and that that's the best way for the White Sox to improve this year. Um, I'm interested to see what's, what's going on here. And, you know, we had talked previously about uh, possibly trading TA and him having some good trade value. And now I see a, I see it all over the place. Um, not that they were necessarily listening to us and saying, hey, that's a good idea. But, you know, we were talking about this while the season was still Long, going on. Yeah, and, Long before anybody else was. Yeah. And so, you know, if they do in fact decide – that Ozzy is the way that they want to go in the future. What are the odds that TA's sticking around after, you know, tweeting <laughs> that he should shut up? And, you know, it's kind of one of those things where, hey, you know, like, you know, pouring that gasoline in that grill, once again, that might not be necessarily the best thing, you know, that you want to start off everything with. You know, okay, yeah, they might clear the air right off the bat, but, you know, how long until T.A. starts getting fed up with, uh, you know, getting thrown under the bus for making an error or getting sat? You know, he does not seem exactly like the most flexible person in the world. So Yeah, it, it doesn't feel like that uh, relationship would be an amicable one. It does not. Yeah. Uh, Ozzy is also one of those guys that seems like he, you know, People want accountability. There would be some accountability to a point, you know? I mean, yeah, he is, you know, they say that he's a player's manager, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you heard him on the postgame shows. Is that he didn't like a lot of the things that were going on with this team. And whether or not... Oh, we don't play that. Well, you know, that like, that's a thing. But then you look at the, you know, the last while that he was here and you kind of wonder, okay, well, yeah... In, you know, in theory, yeah, that you would think that there would be some accountability hearing him talk all this stuff. But if you watched his last year that he was here, you might not necessarily say that, you know, he's as stern as he, you know, is talking on the postgame. And he's got a little bit more bark than bite when it comes to situations like this. Indeed. So... I don't know. Uh, You know, and and maybe that's a a human trait that a lot of managers end up having. Uh, They might beat a drum for something that the rest of us won't, hoping that they could prove the rest of us wrong by, you know, doing things a certain way that they are being criticized for doing. And continually doing them, hoping that that situation will turn itself around and then they can tell you, I told you so. I told you I was right. I'm a genius. I know better than you. And I, that's a, I think that's a quality to a lot. Maybe not all managers, but there have been a few managers throughout the history of the game that have kind of rode the wrong horse for a while. And yeah, uh, one of those times might have been towards the end of Ozzy's career where he just, he kind of had a way of doing things. And, uh, you know, that was that. And if you didn't like it, too darn bad. Yeah. I mean, it makes you, 
you know, again, like I don't want to sit here and talk about this, but I mean, it makes you wonder, like the vendetta that he had with the front front office. You know, you give me a bunch of guys that can't field the ball. Well, guess what? I'm going to play them all the time, and yep. you're going to see what's going on. Yep. Breaking source: me. Rick Hahn hires himself. I don't think he wants that job. <laughs> Even uh, he... Like you'd have to pay him a lot of money to take <coughs> that job. And a lot, a lot. You know, that makes me wonder too. How many of these candidates actually want this job? That is a with great history, question. With the history of what this organization seems to do with managerial hires. Uh Number one being, you're the manager, but we already have a coaching staff built in for you. You don't get to choose your coaching staff. We're loyal to these guys. That's your coaching staff. Good luck. Yeah. The other is, uh, in years past, it seems that some managers have maybe gotten their way on the guys they wanted, but others kind of just get told to go pound sand. You know, Ozzy being one, like we said, we brought up the whole Mark Kotze thing over, what was it, Jim Tomey. You know, like, come on. You had a guy who was doing some pretty stinking good things here on the south side, and you decided you wanted Mark Kotze instead. Oh, that worked out rough. Well. Yeah, didn't it? Um, You know, Tony LaRusa has been tossed around a little bit here in the last couple of seasons with... You know, the guys that we think were the ones he went out and said, I absolutely have to have this player on my team. But other than those small, minor, little blips on the radar, it seems usually more often than not. And again, I don't know because I'm not in those meetings. I'm not in the front office anywhere. But it seems like managers don't always necessarily get their way around this team. You know? No, they do not. I need... You know, I you you manager might go into the front office and say, "Hey, look, I need a right fielder, second baseman. I don't have to throw any names out there. Just give me somebody who can play the position." And they go, "Well, here's Kevin Sheets. Here's Adam Eaton. <laughs> right? Let's bring Spinky back. We like his grit. <laughs> Very gritty. So I don't know. You know, um, you really kind of you know looking at a, as a managerial candidate." interviewing for this job, you're kind of looking at the history of the way things, the way the organization has operated. And ah, maybe your interview was bad and poorly because ah, I really don't want this job. And uh, if you give it to me, you're going to have to pay me a lot. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that anybody's turning down the job just because of the stupidity that goes on here. Um, because most of those guys just want to get their foot in the door. And uh, there is a, a fairly talented roster um, but I will say that the coaching staff part of it, that might be a big one for some guys, you know, I mean, you might be able to get a, uh, griefel to say, okay, that's fine. I'll take, uh, I'll take Debo and McEwing. That's fine. You know, just let me hire my bench coach who I want for bench coach, you know? Possibly, you know, or they were, you know, maybe the 
Maybe the White Sox would say to him, well, you know, we've got an idea for who we were thinking about for the bench coach. And, um, you know, we were thinking that uh, A.J. Pruszynski would make a great bench coach, you know, entirely possible. Yeah, it is. It is very possible. That insular guy. Yeah. We're not going to give you the insular, the insular manager hire, but you know what? We're going to surround him with insular guys who we may possibly be grooming for in insular promotion. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's tough, man. Yeah. Yeah. Mark says, uh, that's why a bench coach or someone of that calendar cal- calendar, uh, of that caliber, most likely take the job as a potential stepping stone. And yeah, I a hundred percent, I agree with that. Um, it's just to get their foot in the door. Um, I think the issue is, is that the amount of nonsense that goes on with this organization is a big red flag to anybody who's got any sense. And that is unfortunate, uh, for those of us that are thinking that we would like a, you know, exactly what Rick Hahn says you know when he's describing what he is looking for uh it seems that those guys don't ever seem to fit the bill or you know somebody's looking over you know just basically glancing over the top of it and saying yeah no that's not what i want so i don't know we'll see what happens and uh you know not really a whole lot going on so you know we'll see what happens when the uh when the world series gets over here uh hopefully it's by the next time we stream and we've got somewhat of an idea of what's going on in the free agency market and who's getting tendered and non-tendered. Um, and we find out whether AJ Pollock's accepting the $13 million, which I expect him to, even though uh, I've heard some people saying that they think that, you know, the white Sox will basically try and make his life miserable if he does accept the 13 million, but, I'd be pretty surprised if he just didn't say, yeah, I don't really care. That's a lot of money, and I'm yep. sticking. You guys can bench me all you want. That just means I get I to mean, hang out. Dude, I would take. I would gladly take $13 million to sit on the bench for the White Sox right now. Hmm. I, I won't perform at, age, uh, at, at Pollock's level, but. Hmm. Maybe at Larry's level. Well, yeah, I could probably do that. Hey, man, thirty-nine, you know, thirty-nine WRC plus. I mean, you might be able to, might be able to hook that up. I could, I could look into a, a two twelve batting average. I think. <laughs> oh, I, you know, I don't know, but uh, you know, either way, not very good. And he's for two more years. Still, I would very, be the king very, of the sack one. Very happy about that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I think that's a good time to call it. A little, yeah, little power hour. Get in and out with the, you know, most pertinent news, and uh, you know, go about with the rest of our night. And uh, hopefully, by next week, we have some sort of uh, answers. If there is a emergency, maybe we hop on again and do some sort of an emergency thing. Yeah, um, absolutely. I would be down for a, a you know a quick week if we uh, if we do get some news of a hire. If it's absolutely if it's shocking, I would say we'd definitely do it. If it's what we're 
expecting? Maybe not so much. <laughs> yeah, no, you can wait. <laughs> All right, you have a good night, Mark. Donuts33, thank you for popping yeah, in. Yeah, thanks for coming in, man. John Rules, you don't say that. Don't say that. I don't enjoy that. Uh, you have a good night as well, Mr. Rudels. Um, oh, I missed it. At Daily White Sox on Twitter, whitesoxdaily.substack.com for <coughs> wonderful written content uh, as well as the podcast version of this show. Uh, we are also on the YouTubes, and we have a Facebook fan page where a lot of stuff is also. And... Uh, yeah. Catch up with you guys next week, next Monday, 9 p.m. Hopefully there is something good to talk about, but we'll see. Uh, my name is Ian Eskridge. This has been White Sox Daily Live. For my co-host, the Danny Miller, you guys have a great night, and we will catch up with you guys next week. Thanks. Thanks.